Good morning and welcome to Faith in Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan, publisher of The Observer, and I have in the studio with me Charles Solano. Welcome, Charles. How are you doing, Brian? Or Great Pastor to be Charles. Here. Pastor Charles. I shouldn't just call you Charles. You right? call me anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, thank you for listening to Faith in Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. I want to thank our sponsors, Douglas Property and Development, Stevenson Wilcox and Associates, and Big John's Appliances. And I've got the Big John's Appliances guy in the studio with me right now. So give us a little bit, or, a little bit of a plug for Big John's Appliances. Someone wants to buy... What kind of appliances do you have there? All the appliances for home. Um, maybe not a water heater at the moment, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all the appliances for your kitchen um, and perhaps even a window shaker, you know, uh, air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just south of? It's 703 South State Street, half mile south of the main intersection in Bonelli. Very good. Well, thank you for being one of the sponsors of the show. And um, so Pastor Charles Solano is kind of one of the uh, – Heroes in the community. I know you don't want to hear me say all that stuff, but um, the leader of the Grace Community Food Pantry, pastor of Grace Tabernacle Ministries International. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to have you on the show because uh, it's coming up to Thanksgiving, and this if, if we you know get this show on the, on the air soon enough, which would be on Sunday the 12th, um, then uh, hopefully people can still participate and maybe make donations to the grace um, food pantry that helps to serve people on Thanksgiving day, mm. right? Part of the feed flagler effort. Right. So how could somebody, if, if somebody wants to help out and make sure Thanksgiving happens for some, some people in the community that might not get it otherwise, how, how could they do that? Well, I mean, they can go to our website uh, for the pantry, um, uh, uh, grace community food pantry dot com. Uh, and they could donate there, or they could just stop by 245 Education Way. And uh, many people do is just drop off a check here, or even collected food. Uh, they do. Uh, we have other people that uh, other organizations that um, uh, small businesses that do a food drive through their employees. So this time of year is really an exciting time. Everybody's giving, you know, and it's the giving season, and people want to do something for their community. So we're very, really, really blessed to be in a community like this. Yeah. Right on. So um, with that in mind, I wanted to kind of focus on gratitude uh, and Mm -hmm. the spirit of Thanksgiving um, kind of in a a faith uh, concept. Um, So the the idea that comes to mind or the story that always comes to mind to me with uh, Thanksgiving is uh, the story of Jesus healing the 10 lepers, which may not really seem like uh, the most pleasant thing to talk about when we're, we're eating Mm. Um, but, um, so it's in Luke chapter 17 and Mm. I want to read through some of it and try to get your commentary. You know, you're the, you're the Bible expert in the room. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) um, so leprosy, uh, what, what, what exactly is leprosy? I mean, do we have leprosy today? Is this just like an old, old timey Bible story? No, it's disease. It's still, uh, uh, you know, um, it's still around the world. It's still in certain areas. It can still happen and does happen. Uh, but leprosy uh, in the Bible is a symbol of sin. It, it's mm. you know that's what it is. So, uh, so uh, really, the story there when he heals the uh, the ten lepers uh, is is that you've been forgiven, uh, mm-hmm. and they could go back to temple then present themselves to the priests 
and be pronounced healed, which uh, enabled them to participate in worship services again and actually be part of the uh, community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't have to live in the bushes. They were not, uh, you know, pushed aside anymore. It's yeah, if, just, it's just great. <laughs> if you're a leper, then you're basically an outcast, right? Yeah, everybody I mean, stays away from you. You, you, know? <laughs> you need to go live in your own leprosy colony, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it just that that kind of isolation, I think, is is um, is something that we can relate to now. It's it's a human, you know, human problem. This idea of being alone, and um, you know what? I don't know. Let, let's let me keep going in Luke seventeen. Mm-hmm. So in verse twelve, it says, "As he entered into a certain village, this is Jesus. He met there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Which again, kind of, mm-hmm. I think, shows that." that that isolation that they're dealing. And so it says they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Mm. And I just I just really sympathize with these people because um how desperate must you be at that point in your life right. where you are an outcast and you got this horrible disease and how how what how do you how could you solve it? Like there's no they don't have the kind of medicine that we do now. Right. You know, so I'm just wondering, like you're saying as a metaphor for sin, how do you feel like sin or sinfulness causes people to feel that same kind of isolation that these people might have? Well, I think people know when they're doing right and when they're doing wrong. Even if they're not, you know, born and raised in church. Right. You still kind of know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then they, you know, they don't form relationships really well. Uh, maybe because they're hiding something, uh, you know, holding back and uh, not being transparent. And I think that contributes to isolation. And um, inevitably, if you stay isolated long enough and you don't have any interaction with community, you become ungrateful because you think nobody loves you. You, mm-hmm. you, you are the victim. You make yourself the victim. And, um, and so maybe that's why they didn't come back and thank him mm-hmm. uh, except for the one. Well, we haven't gotten to that yeah, part of the story I know. Well, yet. Just get, giving just it away. a little taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're talking about, you know, they as mm-hmm. though like, oh, those sinners over there. Right. I mean, that's me. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Like, yeah. I think that if, if, um, you know, I th- I think it's if you, if you think of it as more of like a state of mind almost like I'm mm-hmm. in a sinful state of mind, we all go through that. Hopefully, we get back out of it soon. But right. you know, if we're all kind of falling short, mm-hmm. you know, on a daily basis, right? Does that is that a trap that we can get into where I just did something? You know, I I, I lost my temper with somebody or I, you know, something minor even. Um, it can make us feel isolated mm-hmm. and kind of separated from God, right? That's what, that's what sin always does. Maybe that's the definition of sin, whatever separates us from God. Yeah. I mean, really it's a biblical illustration of, uh, how a person can, can gravitate to, or, or, or uh, descend into a state of, uh, ungratefulness yeah uh because nobody's noticing but you're not giving them maybe an opportunity uh and maybe the way society is structured people can't be part of it they feel as if like they're ostracized and all kinds of factors you know uh, all kind all, all, all everything factors into that you know when you get into that isolation uh, and away from away from god i mean think of it they cried out uh jesus have mercy on me 
a lot of times that's what happens. That's when you get, that's when you actually touch God, when you are desperate. And a lot of times on, on, from our side of it, we don't reach out until we're desperate. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, uh, so sometimes, uh, I call it the gift of desperation. It's a gift because it puts you back in touch with God. Mm-hmm. God touches you and things change. Now, whether you come back and thank him or not. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, I think a lot of people and probably anyone who's in the middle of difficult times, kind of, you feel like this is not fair. Why am I dealing with this? Right. Um, what did I do to deserve it? Mm-hmm. But really maybe those times are really the only way that we can stay humble and, and we can actually become grateful again. Yeah. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, God lets us go through things uh, so that we come to, uh, in the end to him. We, you know, we always come back to him. And there's a lot of reasons why we depart from God if we were ever with God, the busyness of the world. Uh, and, you know, we interact with uh, with things that we shouldn't be interacting with, which affects our time with God, our relationship with him and relationship with other people. Uh, and then, uh, as you said, sometimes we blame circumstances. Well, you know, life comes at you hard. We really don't have much of a chance to isolate. You know, that's not, that's not a good, re- uh, resort. Uh, that's not what we want to do. We want life comes at you hard. Here's what you dealt and, uh, work with it and, uh, you know, climb out of it, do whatever you have to do. And, um, and, and, and I see that, uh, I think that's in, in most people that, um, you know, that, come out of it they had to work hard mm-hmm. they did they put they put their effort into it they wanted something different and they didn't blame their neighbors well it's interesting to putting putting that effort into it i mean these people these 10 lepers it says they lifted up their voices mm-hmm. uh, they were trying to get his attention absolutely yeah. so why do we have to do that i mean if we think that jesus knows our thoughts mm-hmm. and he's a discerner of thoughts then why would we need to try to get his attention why doesn't he come to us when he knows we're in trouble well um you know the uh, sermon on the mount jesus says that uh, god gives um lets the uh sun shine on the uh, just and the unjust and he causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust so there's common grace that everybody gets uh we ought to be thankful just for that uh, but, um, you know, thankful for the rain, thankful for the rain, thankful for the sunshine, thankful for the opportunities that each day gives us. That's common grace. He does that for every person. Um, but then there's uncommon favor, uh, where you enter his courts with Thanksgiving and, uh, enter his gates with Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I mean, God really wants our attention. And I think that's what Jesus is doing. There's going like, well, we're the other nine. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you, you screamed and I got there and I was there and I, and I didn't ask you to do anything. I just said, be healed. Right. <laughs> it's interesting that it says they lifted up their voices. Yeah. You know, apparently those 10 men, maybe they were united in some way. Yeah. You know, they all wanted his attention. Yeah. Um, which I don't know what that says about that. Those 10 people, you know, um, maybe they had talked about it. Maybe they had some kind of a common faith. Um, so that brings me brings up the idea of of church in general. You know, if church is not the place where all the perfect people go; it's where all the sinners go. All mm-hmm. the lepers are going to church. Right. This is the leprosy colony. You right. know, and right. we're there because we are also we've decided that it's time to say, "Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." Right. I think your best life is ahead of you when you get desperate. 
Mm. Uh, you know, can't it, get worse. Yeah, can't get any worse. <laughs> and uh, you know, and sometimes you know, churches feel. Uh, sometimes people are complacent in church. Yeah. Uh, and uh, God, God is so awesome, and so you know uh, that we should develop a healthier fear of the Lord. Not as if He's going to slam us or anything like that, but just a, a reverence on steroids. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just really appreciate what He's done in our lives. Uh, think about those ten people, for instance. They had something in common. They talked about it, and they all decided and came to the conclusion: we have no other recourse here. There's nothing that can be done for us. And I miss my family, and I miss community, and I miss being able to transact business. I, you know, miss trying to make a living. Uh, and um, sometimes, you know, that's what it takes to to wake us up. And the fact that they even woke up. Is, uh, is is a, is a wonderful occasion that, that happened there. It, it is. I mean, the, that's that's a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, how many people, if you're in that situation, um, would have the faith to call on Jesus? Right. I mean, a, a lot of people would say, "There goes the guy who's making me miserable." You know, he could save me, but he's di- but he didn't. Yeah. I'm here. With, I'm here with leprosy. Yeah. I lost my whole family. Well, you know, it's interesting that they got healed as they went. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the thing is, is that we want a quick fix, you know, microwave mentality. We want it now. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we just want, but there's a process to coming out of your misery. There's a, there's a process in development, uh, uh, you know, of character and things of that nature. And that's what God is really looking to do. Whatever it is, it's going to take a process for you to get, to, to get to where you really want to be now. When you get there, will you remember mm-hmm. what got you there? Uh, if not, then you'll probably have more opportunities. You probably have more opportunities <laughs> to get that. Even if you do, <laughs> you'll still have yeah. more opportunities. Yeah. Which again, it's part of it's part of uh, our mortal mortality. Yeah. Um, okay. So going on to the next verse, it says, "When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests.' Right. So why didn't he just like?" Boom! You're healed. You got clean skin. Clean skin again. Go well, to the priests. Right. Uh, well, because that was the the Levitical law, so um, you know they had to go in order to be pronounced mm-hmm. uh, clean. And it's it's like getting a certificate that allows yeah. you back into community. You're, they had to witness it. But Jesus also wanted them to see that a miracle had been performed. He's trying to wake the, the priests, priests up. To, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot going on there. It seems like we can. You can benefit from there's kind of this mercy that you know we can we can benefit from other people's suffering. Yeah, I mean, um, we can have our own wake up calls, even though we're not the ones to suffer. And maybe we're maybe we part of being grateful is that we didn't have to be the ones to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I wonder about that with the food pantry. Mm-hmm. You know. I know that when you were, uh, you know, a child, you know, you were in great poverty, like you, you've mentioned to mm-hmm. me before. Um, but when when you have these long lines of cars and people are coming in to get food, and there's a desperation there, is there? Do you ever feel grateful that you have food on your table? You know, oh, do, yeah. do the volunteers kind of come away feeling like that? They do. Yeah, they do. I mean, I still wipe my plate. I don't leave anything on my plate. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, no, it, it, it does wonders for uh, the volunteers, does wonders for the people. But what, also, do you, what do you mean does wonders for the volunteers? Well, the volunteers are told how uh, by the clients coming in how grateful they are. Uh, and if, if it wasn't for this 
uh, pantry, we uh, we don't know what we would do. Mm-hmm. You know, that really tugs at the heart. You hear strings. that phrase a lot. We hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah. and we get a lot of "God bless you" to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of a thing. Uh, and and every once in a while, we'll get somebody who uh, feels entitled and have a, has a bad attitude. Very once in a while. I mean, very very minimal. But that hurts, and we wonder like. What's what? Are, what is really bothering this guy? You are know? you saying like, oh, well, if you're not going to be grateful, then I, why, maybe I'm not going to give you this food? No, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that because you know uh, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, not the judgment of God. And so, um, you know, we, we just sh- you know just show them that grace and just say thank you. And I, it, as long as it doesn't get, uh, you know, I mean, there's people that have come there on occasion. That, that are in so much pain that they probably had a beer or two before they even got there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're, you know, they're, they act out. I mean, we've had that happen. Not, I mean, again, very rare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, but it just lets us know who we're dealing with. It lets us know that the community out there is really hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, the poverty mindset is such that if you, if you go to work today, uh, you don't have a bank account. You barely have anything to live on or, or live in. Um, the poverty mindset is if I'm going to make a hundred dollars today, I'm going to take care of my pain, which I'm feeling now rather than put 50% of it away. Uh, that kind of a thing. And that's a poverty mindset. You're dealing with the pain that you're in now. And so that in your mind can sympathize, empathize with someone who maybe, or you can understand why someone would then go, right. You know, blow it on booze, so to speak. Right. And, and not only that, uh, they're trying to survive emotionally they're trying to survive emotionally so you, it's it does no good to respond to what what you heard or his antics it, it is better to respond to what's really hurting him and you know pull him on the side if he if he if he cares to and just talk to him and say hey listen you're going to make it we're going to be here for you and uh uplift him that way mm-hmm. because there's a deeper issue there yeah um, so in continuing in Luke seventeen fourteen, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Right. And you mentioned that they were cleansed as, as they, they went, went. not, yeah. not by sitting there on the couch, you know, waiting for someone to come to them. Right. As they went, they were cleansed. Right. So, so what, what's the significance of that? Well, the significance is, is that they were being obedient to what Jesus said. He's, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. So they went. So in the process of their obedience, healing came. And, um, and so I don't know that they understood that yeah. except for that one, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel uh, sometimes, Brian, when, you know, you, you know, God's telling you to do something when you do it, you feel good, don't you? You do feel good. Yeah. Well, there's another verse that uh, we've been studying in my seminary class. I teach a class about eight or nine teenagers before, before school every day. Right. And we've been talking about Hebrews. Oh, wow. 11. Yeah. And that, um, we have to be. Uh, we have to believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And um, uh, it's just just an understanding of the character of God. Who is he? Is he a punisher or is he a rewarder? Is he someone who, I mean, you you can look at all these trials and things as like, God's being stingy. He wants me to come and and shower him with praise. Like, what kind of person is that? (laughs) Um, And, you know, that's that's kind of a limited understanding, limited understanding. But if we believe first that God is like, he loves us and he wants to do what is best for us. Right. Even though we don't always know what's best for us. Right. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Right. So we have to get into this 
obedience mindset. That's hard. Yeah. It's it, hard to say, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at it from another perspective, um, you know, God wants us to know that we really can't do it without him. And he's just trying to get through to us. And the, and the, and there's a reward if you diligently seek him. What is that reward? He, he you know, uh, uh, you know, do we think in physical terms, like I'm going to be able to afford a car and all those other things? He tells us, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount again, that, you know, don't worry about these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. So the reward is his righteousness. We become more like him, just like he told Abraham in, in uh, Genesis 15, 1, I am your ever-increasing reward. I'm your shield, and I'm your ever-increasing reward. You get to become more like me. Mm-hmm. Now, who who doesn't want that? <laughs> and and that's the opposite of the stingy, you know, right. come grovel at my feet sort of right. picture that maybe some people get mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. It's like, I want you to become more... I want you to have the type of rest yeah. that I have, the right. type of, you know, you're, you're scrambling for food. Mm-hmm. You're isolated out there. Well, that's not, that's, that's not that, the, uh, that's the, not his will. It's not eternal life. Yeah. Right. You know, this is what you can have is something like that, right. that's all a thing of the past, Yeah, but you have to obey. You have to obey. And that means surrender. And it's yeah. not obey <clears throat> so that I can have some gratification that you did what I said. It's the obeying is the only way to get where he's trying to get us. That's right. That's right. Oh, taste and see that God is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, first of all, imagine that moment. Yeah. You're looking at your arms and, you know, your, your body, I guess, and realizing that you're no longer a leper all of a sudden. Mm. Imagine that flip the switch my problem is gone. Right. How often do we want that to happen? That my problem is gone. The instant gratification you're talking about. Right. Um, as they went, I don't know how far away he had to go. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but um, it's like if you're really hungry and you finally eat that meal, your hunger is all of a sudden totally gone. Right. Um, the, the, the people at the food pantry, you know, getting that food, that relief of having it in the back seat. Yeah, the food insecurity is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really big deal. And, um, you know, the, that man, I guess, who, who came back, I can only imagine what he went through. First of all, he, like you said, he saw he was healed. Um, but I think he also realized all the things. He didn't take for granted all the things he was able to access again mm-hmm. uh, in life. And uh, he, he had that aha moment, and he knew, who, he knew who to give thanks to. He came to himself, yeah. the prodigal son returning. Mm-hmm. There you go. When he saw that he was healed, turn back. Simple act. Wow. I mean, how yeah. much, it's like turning to look at the, yeah. the, the serpent on the staff, you know, and, right. and being, being saved. Um, and with a loud voice, glorified God. You know, there's a, How loud would that be in your mind? Oh, yeah, it would be huge. It would be huge. Um, but, uh, you know, on a, on a deeper level, um, there's one person there that realized, you know what, I don't need that certificate. I just had the blessing of Jesus. I don't need anybody else to tell me I'm accepted in society. I'm accepted in the beloved. Do you think that he realized that it was not about leprosy in that moment? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Um, with a loud voice, glorified God. I mean, the... He, he wasn't ashamed. Uh, you know, when you go to church, you, you, you ought to be that's screaming. that's part of it? Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't ashamed to be shouting, is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, do you think that there is sometimes a, a hesitancy in our day and age to, like, give credit to God? Like, 
Oh, Am yeah. I going to look like a, a total weirdo by... Absolutely, there is. Yeah, there's a lot of resistance to God right now, uh, you know, in the society that that um, this is what's talked about in in the Bible. That times like this would come. I'm not, and I'm I'm not excluding uh, the uh, potential for revival. I, I see that happening in certain places in the states and over the world. I keep an eye on that. It's great to see people on fire for God because they know that they've been forgiven. They know that they're loved, and God is moving in their lives in such a way where you know they're they're. Their unforgiveness is gone. Their hatred is gone. Their anger is gone. Uh, they're, you know, they're making amends with people. I mean, there's just, there's nothing like love, Brian, right? Love, love makes the world go around. And um, so I think he realized a lot in that moment. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan, which we don't have time to talk about that. But Jesus says, where are the, where are the nine? Um, they're not found that gave, they return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. So anyway, we're out of time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me, um, Pastor Charles. Thanks. Always a pleasure, Brian. G- what's the website? One more time. Uh, my uh, Grace dot com. Thank you to Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates. See you next week on Faith and Flagler. <laughs>